Acts chapter 2. We started on Sunday a theme of together. And we're going to be looking at uh, Acts 2, 42-47, uh, just over the next few weeks uh, to really make sure that we're really as a church growing together into the new year. And there's a lot of great themes in this great passage in Acts chapter 2 about the early church. It says that in verse 42, "...they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer." On Sunday, we, we looked at this idea of being devoted, but we used the word obsession. They had this obsession, right, the early church, uh, with the apostles' teaching, the Word of God, the fellowship, which is what we're doing tonight. The breaking of bread, which uh, if you look at uh, verse uh, 46, uh, likely it's a different phrase, broke bread in their home, so it's probably referring to remembering Jesus. And then lastly, it says to prayer. In verse 43, it says, Everyone was filled with awe, the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together, in verse 44, and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And so uh, we see this devotion, uh, this obsession of the church in verse 42. Uh, and then the other, the other thing here that they really, I think, used and used well and really, uh, uh, God really blessed was their possessions. And so tonight I want to look at this idea of possessions. Uh, obsession brought them together, but it was also their possessions. What do I mean by that? Well, they had external resources. They had leadership. They had property. They had possessions. They had homes. They had food. And they shared that. They shared that with each other, right? There was a, a oneness. Um, uh, it was very much a community. Uh, and they also had internal resources. We see faith here. We see, we see hope. We see love. Uh, and so all these resources they were using together, these possessions, uh, to help each other and ultimately to glorify God. Uh, and the Lord was adding to their number daily, it says after that, those who are being saved in verse 47. These resources, humbly combined in Jesus' name, were the building blocks of the early church. And so in Acts 2, we see them starting to build the church for the first time, and we see all these, these resources that they possessed. You know, for us as a church, we're celebrating 30 years. At the end of May, we'll do that as a church, and that's exciting. We're praying for that. Uh, but I don't know if we're building a church, I think what we're doing is we're rebuilding a church uh, in many ways. Um, and if you've ever rebuilt something, it's a bit messy. Some things stay, some things go. Uh, sometimes we cut it too, too short, sometimes we, you know, we, we, we miss things. It, it, it's a messy process. And in the messiness, uh, we have to make sure we keep the plan clear and realize that, that God will provide what we need. Uh, and so the spirit of the book of Acts uh, here um, uh, is, is very vital. Uh, but I want to look at a passage in Zechariah 4, uh, because in Zechariah, uh, the context of that is they're rebuilding the temple. Um, so there in Zechariah, one of the last books in the Old Testament, it's a minor prophet. Sometimes people have a hard time finding it, but just go to the very back of the Old Testament and you will find that, I promise, um, as I will try to find it too. Um, but Zechariah is interesting. Uh, he was one of the prophets who preached as the Jews were, were released out of their exile from, from the Babylonians. And they come back and they're trying to rebuild the temple. And uh, there, there's lots of challenges. And uh, Zechariah is one of the prophets who gave these, he gave these eight symbolic visions uh, to encourage the work. And specifically to encourage Zerubbabel, who was the governor at the time of Judah, uh, and Joshua, who was the high priest. And so he gives these eight visions. Uh, and in Zechariah 4... Uh, in the middle of, of, of the third vision, in Zechariah 4, verse 5, we read this. Zechariah says to an angel, 
what are these, my Lord? And in verse 5, the angel answers, Do you not know what these are? No, my Lord, Zechariah replies. So in verse 6, he said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. What are you, mighty mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become level ground. Then he will bring out the capstone to shouts of, God bless it, God bless it. Then the word of the Lord came to me. In verse 9, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands will also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. Verse 10, who dares despise the day of small things? Since the seven eyes of the Lord that reign throughout the earth will rejoice when they see the chosen capstone in the hand of Zerubbabel. So it's an interesting uh, little window into this rebuilding story. So the Israelites, they're they're coming back to Jerusalem. Uh, They're poor. There's lots of work to do. And and God is basically trying to encourage them through these these series of visions uh, through the prophet Zechariah. Uh, And really, as you you read uh, chapter 4, you see, you know, in a sense, God is saying, you have all you need. What, What you need, you already possess. Uh, and so two possessions here uh, from this passage that I think they had and that we have uh, as we continue to work on rebuilding our church here uh, in Birmingham together. Uh, the first one here is what, the, what, what they had in their hearts. It was simply what they had in their hearts. Verse 6, he says, Not by might, but by power, but by my spirit. Right? You know, a lot of times when we think about what we need to do here and what we need to do there, we think about, you know, the strength we have, we think about you know the people we have, we think about the money we have, but God says all that stuff with the rebuilding of the temple, it doesn't matter. What's going to matter is, is my spirit going to be in the work? Unless the, unless the Lord builds the house, right? It's labors, labor in vain. Uh, you know, another, another part of the Bible says. And, and so what they possessed already, if given to God, he says here, was enough. And so he says, my spirit will get the job done. This is under the Old Covenant. Under the New Covenant, we know we have God's Spirit. We know we have God's Spirit in us, right? Through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Um, And so together, uh, if we really have the Holy Spirit in us, we have an incredible resource right there that we all possess to do whatever we need to do together to really build the church and rebuild the church and move forward more and more in 2018. But... Uh, the thing about the Holy Spirit inside of us is, is there's also something else inside of us that tries to hinder that, and that's our sinful nature. Uh, turn over to Galatians 5. Keep your, your finger there in Zechariah. But Galatians 5 speaks right of this great conflict uh, between the Spirit, which is a great resource, but of course this resource can be hindered by our flesh. In Galatians 5, verse 16, you know Paul writes to the church in Galatia, and he says, So I say, walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh, he says, are obvious. Sexual morality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But, verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live with its, since we live by the Spirit, he then concludes, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. And so Paul describes here this epic battle inside of all of us. 
And it's, it's the flesh versus the Spirit. And he's talking to Christians here. He's not talking to the world. He's talking to, to us. So this battle, this battle rages inside. And, and, and it's easy, again, to, to let our sinful natures get in the way of what the Spirit ultimately wants to do. And so it's either, it's either the sinful nature or the Spirit guiding us as Christians. And that's true individually. It's even true, I think, collectively uh, within every church. You know, are we walking by the Spirit as we move forward together? Are we, are we keeping in step with the Spirit? Um, and, and again, the, the, the fruit of that is going to be obvious. The fruit of the Spirit, it says here, right? Uh, in verse uh, t- t- 20, uh, 22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance or patience, the old NIV said, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But the acts of the sinful nature are quite the opposite, right? Jealousy, impurity, envy, drunkenness. And so it's, it's very obvious. Uh, and he actually talks about it at the very end. He says, you know, walk by the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit. Sorry, in verse 25. And then let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. And so one of the ways we can tell that maybe we're walking by the Spirit is that we have, we have peaceful relationships. But oftentimes when we're walking in the flesh... We have conflict in our relationships. Um, and so that's a great, I think, a great test uh, as we enter into 2018 is, is, is you know, it, what is really ruling my heart? If I want to be a part of the rebuilding process in the, in the Birmingham church, I've got to be led by the Spirit. And if we all decide, I want to be led by the Spirit, I want to crucify my sinful nature more and more and more in 2018, we can all then be filled more and more with the Spirit, and we can all be more and more a part of that rebuilding process. You know, our sinful natures will destroy our progress in the church. And we've got to watch out for our sinful natures. We've got to deal with our sinful natures so we can grow more and more together. Uh, and I do think it's very important to say, it, not, not their sin, not our sin, but my sin. What's my sin that I need to crucify so that I can be more filled with the Spirit and that I can be a part of the church moving forward together in 2018? So what was in their hearts uh, and Zechariah 4.6 did matter. And Galatians 5 makes it very clear how important that battle is in our hearts. And then the other resource here, and then we're going to just break up into small groups for a moment and, and, and share a few thoughts together, is what's in our hands. It's not just what's in our hearts, it's also what we possess in our hands. Back to Zechariah 4, uh, verses 7 through 10. You know, as, as the, the, the angel is speaking... It says in verse 7, Before Zerubbabel you will become level ground to the mighty mountain. Then he will bring out the capstone to shouts of God bless it, God bless it. Then the word of the Lord came to me. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of his temple. His hand will also complete it. Then you will know the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. And then he concludes, Who dares despise the day of small things? And so you can just kind of picture, they were starting to build the temple, and everyone was kind of offering what they could offer. And what Zerubbabel had to offer, what was in his hands was the capstone. It was, it was a very important part, but just a small part of the whole building that was going to be built. So he, he, just, he just kind of, to me it's kind of symbolic, of he gave what he could give. He gave what was in his hands. And what was in his hands was a capstone. It was a capstone. And so God makes this a really big deal, but it's really just a small part of the rebuilding process. The capstone would be one very small part of a huge, a huge structure in the end that was going to be built in the temple. Uh, and what is in our hands, right, as Christians, in the same way, is often just small things. I have a little bit of money I can give to the church. I have a little bit of time I can give to the church. I have a little bit of faith I can offer to my ministry. I have a little bit of message that, that, that I want to share 
you know, I'd say in a group on a, on a Friday night, but those little things, sometimes we really give them to God, can do something big. And this is a great reminder of that. And it is easy to despise, as it says in verse 10, those small things. And to belittle them and to underestimate them. And to not realize that those little things can be used by God to do big things. And we tend to love the big, right? We love the big. The students, they, they love the idea of seven baptisms this semester. Absolutely! Who wouldn't? That sounds awesome! But the students are going to have to do those little things every day, right, as disciples, to see that goal one day become a reality. You know, just 120 faithful, courageous, obedient disciples. It was a small little group in Jerusalem. In Acts chapter 1 and 2. And look, and look what it became. And thousands of years later, it's still going because that small thing in the hands of God can become something quite large and amazing. You know, big in God's kingdom is often determined by little. Big in God's kingdom is often determined by little. Who dares despise the day of small things? You know, what is the small thing in in your hand, in my hand, that we can give to God and for God as we enter into 2018? You know, uh, Scott talked about contribution on Sunday. Uh, I want to put out there a 10-pound ten, a challenge to the whole church. Because Scott said if we give 10 pounds more each, we, we, we'd increase the budget by 15,000 pounds in a year. Uh, and so I've already, I've already changed my standing order by 10 pounds personally. Uh, so I want to put it out there to you. Maybe you can do a 15-pound challenge. Maybe you can do a 20-pound challenge. Amen. But, or maybe you just need to start doing a challenge and pay, give some kind of contribution. But that's just one example. Uh, just a little, bit of, a little bit of contribution can go a long way. And God can do great things through that. What if five disciples just decided to, to do something for God that was amazing in 2018? What, what, what could that accomplish in a year? You know, what, what if... What, what if you just gave 10 hours a month to, to this in the name of God. Or that in the name of God. What, what could be accomplished through that little thing? Through that little thing. What if you just gave 12 days a year to this particular thing in your ministry that you want to see change? Again, what could be accomplished? What big thing might God do if I really give Him my small things that are in my hands? And so we don't need to go out and get more. We just need to start with what we already have. Because God's already provided all of you with talents and gifts and abilities and resources, just like we see in the book of Acts. So let's give the little in our hands in 2018 and see what big thing God might do. You know, in our hearts, in our hands, God has placed things that can build something amazing. That can move this church forward in 2018. And so, what I'd like to do for the rest of our time, uh, and then hopefully at the end we can have a little bit of sharing quickly, and be done around... uh, 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 830, uh, is, is to break up into our ministry, so the student ministry, the team ministry, the singles ministry, and then, and then the Marys can break up into family groups, uh, and just discuss these two questions on possessions. Which fruit of the Spirit does our group need more of this year, and how can we accomplish this? You know, there's, you know what is the one thing that stands out when we think about how, how can we grow as a group in the fruit of the Spirit? Uh, and the second is, what small things do we already have in hand? What are our resources? What do we already possess from God, and how can we use this to help build the church. Uh, and so, yeah, so at this time we'll go ahead and break up and discuss these. And then at, eight, at 8.25, so in about seven minutes, if you could just have one person from your group share just one thing that you took away from the discussion, and then we'll see what God reveals and what we'll be done by 8.30. So you got you got eight minutes to come up with some kind of answer as a group. Break up in your ministries at this time.